0: Welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. Kaylee, Michelle, and I are in the home studio. Michelle is officially free from COVID, so all three of us are reunited. And we are doing a special episode today with Dr. National-Level Competitor Kate Rostad. Very excited to have you here today. I I think of you as someone that's almost like a unicorn. I mean, you're in your residency, you're a doctor in the process of becoming, you know, a fully practicing doctor, I guess. And you can probably fill me in because I'm probably misspeaking about that. And then you're also a national level bikini competitor. You and I met about a year ago when we competed in LA yes. Championships with muscle contests and also USA's. So welcome to the podcast, first of all.
1: Um, Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here ever since you guys came out with season two. I've been listening every week and absolutely love the podcast and it's my very first one. So I'm very honored and just happy to chat with you.
0: Oh, we love that. Well, we're we're so happy to have you and we're really glad we could make this all work. So why don't you start out? Just give us a little bit just the basic details. How old are you? Where do you live? What do you do for work?
1: All right, so I will actually be 33 years old on July 31st, my birthday is coming up. Um, Currently, I reside in Los Angeles for my residency training. Originally, I'm from Russia. I moved over to the U.S. in 2001. Um, I went to high school in Washington State, and then I moved to Hawaii for my undergrad, and I ended up falling in love with the place and doing my undergrad and post and medical school there. And uh, now I'm here in LA. And a year from now, I will be moving down to San Diego, which is probably my favorite place in the whole California, um, to do my fellowship training.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you, for, thank you for the background. So we wanted to get into, I mean, we have so many questions for you. So how did you first get into medicine or how did you decide that was something you wanted to pursue?
1: So it's actually quite funny because to be honest with you, I never wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was a physician. She was a physician in Russia. And when we moved over to the United States in order for her to practice medicine here, she had to go through the whole residency process again. She had to take all of the board exams again, and it's a very long and tedious process, there's like four board exams that you have to take in order to be a board certified physician, so I just remember being in high school and watching her studying in the books all the time, and she did not speak English very well at the time, so she was like basically relearning medicine in English, which is just fascinating to me that she could do that, and I was like, I never want to do that. So I almost went to law school, I even took my outsets and everything, and I wanted to study criminal law, um, kind of since I was a kid. I was always reading detective novels and stories, I watched a lot of like Law and Order and CSI and all of those shows, Forensic Files is my hands-down favorite show of all time, um, but I kind of change a, had a change of heart, uh, because I did want to pursue criminal law, and I'm like, hmm, what if I'm hired to defend somebody, and I know for sure they committed the crime, and it is my job to still defend them? So there was this whole ethics question in it, and this was right around the time as I was graduating with my undergrad, um, kind of didn't know what to do, and <laughs> literally overnight, I just made the decision To be a doctor um my mom is one so that was kind of all right well if she could do it i can do it i've never taken any science classes my whole life i actually graduated with a political science major and a spanish minor and it's funny because now i don't speak a lick of spanish (laughs) because if you don't use it you lose it which is unfortunate for california but um, i kind of made up my mind and medicine is definitely something that you want to think about before you go in it because it is such a long and tedious process, Uh, but I just wanted to have a future that's secure. I wanted a job that I could get a job anywhere in the country that would put food on my table and also a job that was helping others and was a respectable job and I just kind of went into it. and started my uh, post-bac classes in science in order to get my prerequisites for medical school.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is, you must have had to do some type of additional schooling then if you graduated without the required yeah. classes and the science background.
1: Exactly. So I actually went back for three years and I took summer school and everything to kind of play catch up um, and get all of my science requirements done. And admission to medical school, another thing which I think I was attracted to it, it is extremely competitive. Um, It's very, very tough to get into. A bunch of people don't get in on the first try, they apply multiple and multiple cycles, and there's just so many factors involved in your admission. It's your test scores, it's your GPA, it's your extracurriculars, it's your leadership, it's your clinical shadowing, it's any kind of research you have done. So I kind of had to get those things in as well as I was taking my courses and, you know, trying to get all A's. So that, that was definitely a challenge, but I set up my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. My mom did it. She did it in a foreign country at the age of 40. And I'm young. I can definitely do it. And my first go around, and I'm also very stubborn, and at the time I was still living in Hawaii. And I did not want to move away. I was not ready to leave that island at that point. I was like, you know what? I am getting in to the John A. Burns School of Medicine, which is our local medical school on Oahu. And that medical school is even more competitive on top of everything because the class size is very small. It's only 60 people, and you have to have very strong connections to the state because they don't want people to just come from the mainland and go to school there and, you know, have a vacation for four years. They want you to show them that you're committed to the state and you're committed to the people and you will continue living and practicing medicine there. So that was another hurdle that I had to jump through, but luckily um, I did. So actually my first go around, the first year I applied, I did not get in. And I remember, I think I was at like Nordstrom Rack shopping for shoes or something. And I get that email that I was waiting for because they notify you over email and they see this notification, like we're sorry to inform you, but blah, 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 you did not make the cycle. And it was just like the most devastating feeling because I wanted it so bad. I wanted so bad to be in this medical school and be a doctor at that point. And I was like, you know, I was sad for like a day. I was like, no, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna improve my application. I'm gonna retake the test. I'm gonna do more clinical shadowing, I'm gonna get more letters of recommendation, and I'm getting into this med school, come hell or high water. So I applied the following year, um, and then once again, uh, springtime came around, and I'm waiting for the email, and I get it, and it says, you are currently on the wait list. So that's like a maybe, right? Like maybe if somebody drops, if somebody doesn't wanna go, I'm high at the list and I can get in. So this lasted for about two weeks until finally, I opened my email and I received that congratulations. And I just remember calling my mom and like crying and being so on cloud nine and so ecstatic because I just visualized this dream and this email of getting it, of receiving it and having that acceptance. And it all worked out, so glad I didn't give up.
0: That's amazing, that's amazing. So have you always had such a strong mindset? I feel like that's just a really tough mental attitude that you had that entire time and you were extremely persistent and like you said, a little bit stubborn too probably to be so fixated on that goal (laughs) and to force yourself to achieve it.
1: That is me to a T. I'm actually a very stubborn person which can work greatly to my disadvantage. But over the years, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to be less stubborn about certain things and listen to other people and their opinions, the ones that I value, but I also think it comes from my upbringing um, in Russia. You know, I lived there for 14 years of my life, and I was raised by my grandparents, and they were extremely hardworking. When I was a kid growing up, we didn't have much. We didn't have much money, um, but, you know, I was a happy kid. I always had everything I wanted, but I saw how hard my family worked, they were never home. I was always home by myself since early age. I always joke around that I was babysat by my German shepherd. That was like my guardian because nobody was home and I'm like a little kid. So um, they worked extremely hard and they were able to build a successful family business and kind of that work ethic. And my grandma was also really strict and I think that has to do a lot of the with the Russian culture. If you talk to a lot of Russian people, Their family is very strict. You're expected to get good grades. You're expected to be a good kid. Never get into any trouble. That's just like your job in the family. But in retrospect, um, I'm really grateful to them for the values and the work ethic that they have instilled in me. Because to this day, I use it, obviously. (laughs) That's
0: wonderful. That's wonderful. So I'm sure those same habits and traits have served you well in competing. Can you give us a little bit of background on how you first got into that? Well, you know, When did you start competing and what is your journey look like?
1: So I first started bodybuilding in 2015 uh, when I was uh, finishing my second year of medical school. So I was always a very fit person since I was a, a teenager in high school, you know, I did like dance and cheer and then when I went on to college, um, I started doing, I did a little bit of dance, but I mostly focused on yoga and Pilates, uh, cycling, I used to do a lot of aerial silks, if you ever seen those performers, um, I actually used to be part of the performance troupe, it was really cool. and. Um, I would used to go to the park and just rig on trees and set up the silks, and it was just great and a lot of fun. So I was always really active, but I was always really, really skinny. And I think uh, you and Kaylee can relate to it. Genetically, I'm just like a double zero, just very, very thin, ectomorph body with no curve to me and no kind of any, like, shape or muscle. So I always felt very, very strong, but I... 100% sick and tired of people always telling me, oh my god, you're so skinny, you're so skinny, like it's a good thing, they were like praising it, and I was like, you know what, I'm tired of hearing that, I want to look as strong as I feel on the inside, because I'm strong, I can hold my body up in the air and do all these tricks, like I'm not just a skinny girl, so at the time, um, I think Nikki Blacketer was really popular on YouTube, this is 2015, so I found her and I started watching her journey, and uh, at the time she was competing and she was all into fitness and flexible dieting and tracking the macros, and I was also dating somebody who was a lifestyle bodybuilder, not a competitor, but just, you know, lifted five days a week. So I was like, all right, I'm going to you know, started going to the gym. So of course, like most of us, I went into bodybuilding.com and I found that free Jamie Houston program. <laughs> I printed it out, put it in a little binder, which I still have. It's so cute. Um, and I went to the gym and I remember squatting like 45 pounds, just at the bar. So started obviously very, very light, but uh, eventually just started seeing the changes in my body and my shoulders started growing and i was like oh wow like i can see this is happening like this is working i really love this so um i continued on with it and then given that i'm such a competitive person by nature doing a competition was kind of a natural progression for me so in 2017 so almost two years since i first started lifting i did my first show and this was back on the island it was a local show Um, and that was also something I wanted to do for my bucket list because I was 29 years old, about to turn 30, about to graduate medical school, and I was like, I'm just going to do this once. It looks so scary to be on stage in front of all these people. Um, It wasn't the bikini part because I'm used to being in a bikini because I'm always on the beach. It's just just that you know, you're in the spotlight and everybody's staring at you, and um, I know I would be really nervous, but I wanted to challenge myself and push through that. And oh my God, I think I almost passed out on stage. I was like shaking. I was so nervous. Everything was a blur, Um, but I was so proud of myself. The prepping was the easy part is the going on stage, you know, and doing my posing routine. That was the challenging part for me. And at that show, there was eight girls in my class and I ended up placing sixth. And then when I looked at the photos, I realized Still, how tiny I was compared to everybody else, especially in my legs and glutes. Like, they were non existent. I had like an eight pack of abs, and my upper body was okay, but the lower body was just lagging. And I was like, all right, I need to grow my lower body. So I ended up taking a good year off and really pushing my calories and really pushing my body and lifting as heavy as I could. Um, and then I competed again in. 2018 here in california and it's kind of just every year from then i've been competing
0: you and you and kaylee are probably pretty similar because we should mention you're also class f slash class h and that's how that's how you and i met last year and i yes. remember i remember meeting you at the muscle contest and you know
1: it was exactly a year ago that yeah instagram yeah, was highlights like this, know. popping know
0: the oh la
2: championships that were in vegas yeah. Year. yeah. Yeah. This year How weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah, I remember. That's
1: we met.
0: Yeah. I remember meeting you just very briefly at LA championships and I don't think we talked much cause I think I was just mostly nervous that day cause it was the week before USA's and I remember seeing her yeah. backstage and at check-ins and thinking, Oh my gosh, this girl looks great. She's tall. She's probably in my class. And then the, by the next week at USA's, I felt like we're buddies and you're handing out chocolates to all the girls backstage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm notorious for that. You gotta watch out. They bring like all the Hawaiian goodies. Everybody knows (laughs) that about me. So you have to be careful (laughs) around
0: me. Yeah. Well, that's what I knew too. I was like, this girl is just nothing but a sweetheart. Like, she's just backstage making friends, having fun. And and yeah, it's ever since then you and I have, have stayed in touch and, and when we can yeah. we see each other since we're down here in O C which is not too far from where you're at.
1: Yeah. And honestly to me that is my most favorite part of competing and actually why I compete. Of course we're all competitive and we all want to win and get our pro cards and qualify for the Olympia and yada yada yada, but I love making those connections and I love making new friends and finding like-minded women who are also smart and intelligent and beautiful and they're into the same things. And I have made some of my best friends through the sport. And to me, that's priceless. If somebody told me today, Kate, what if you couldn't compete for a pro card anymore? Like that doesn't even exist. You can just compete and never be a pro. Would you still do it? And without thinking 100% yes just for the experience, just for the memories, just for the friendships. That is worth so much more to me than any plastic trophy could ever be or any status of some sort.
2: That's actually what I just posted about today. Sort of just Yeah, exactly.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> right now
0: with everything I read, going I read on. It. Yeah. Yeah, we're all we're all nodding our heads over here. We're we're right there with you. I mean Kaylee and I I feel like, you know, we all have joked about so many times that we're like sisters or or whatever, we look like sisters, but really, you know, we met competing two years ago and we've become super close through it. And same thing, Michelle, she and I didn't meet through competing, but we met doing supplement promo work and
3: similar, yeah. And now I've
0: gotten her on board to try out to try out competing. So I'm very excited for her.
3: Yeah, I think competing takes a certain type of personality, certain type of lifestyle or motivation, competition mm-hmm. level. So I think it definitely attracts people that are like-minded, especially women that are really busy and, and doing a lot of things, which I think is a good segue to how, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kate, how, like, how, how do you do it? <laughs> <how>? Just
3: explain. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I get that question a lot how do I balance being a resident, which is very very vigorous medical training, basically a prep for four years and still competing. And honestly, to me, medicine is extremely stressful. Medical training is extremely stressful. And not just because of the vast amount of knowledge you have to put into your brain, but also navigating people and different personalities you work with nurses and in my um, field in pathology we work with lab techs and we work with uh, attendings or the physicians who are already practicing and it used to be a lot worse like i hear horror stories back in the 50s and you know even even earlier than that where residents were treated not very well to say the least and you know you could be dumped down or cussed at or get thrown stuff at in the OR. It used to be really kind of like this is what you go through to grow tough skin and this is what is going to make you a good physician. Now it changed completely since then and things are a lot more civilized but still there's a lot of mental stress. uh, So that mental part is always there. You're always being compared to each other, which is funny because it's the same thing as bodybuilding, right? But now you're being compared on your intellectual level. You're being compared to your peers or you don't know this or you don't know that. You're not good at this. You're not smart enough. So it can get you down when you constantly getting those comments. And yes, once in a while, you know, people will say something nice and positive, especially as you get more experience and get better. But in the beginning, it's very rough and can be disheartening. Um, So for me, bodybuilding is just my savior. It's my mental health. It's that time of the day I have to myself in the morning where I can put my headphones on and blast my music and just lift and not think about anything else and just take any frustrations or disappointments or aggressions out at the gym. So for me, it's not just for my physical health, but it's very much so for my mental health and to be able to survive residency because honestly if I didn't have this sport, I would probably, I don't know, be an alcoholic or be drinking a lot or be doing something to cope with the stress. And that's actually a huge problem in the medical community. A lot of doctors are addicted to drugs or alcohol or some sort of unhealthy behaviors because they get burned out because the system is stressing you out and you feel like you have nowhere to go. and but even where some of them commit suicide, especially female physicians. I think the rate of suicide amongst them is like 130% compared to the regular population. So for me, training and bodybuilding is non-essential. And as far as competing, so I actually when I was working for my first show, I was, I was dating somebody, that guy who was doing lifestyle bodybuilding. He was also in the medical field. And he would tell me, you can never do residency and compete. Like, you can never do both. And, oh, my God, the moment you tell me that I can't do something, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it well, and I'm going to rub it in your face. Like, that's the the stubborn type of person I am. Don't ever tell me that I cannot do something because I will prove you wrong. Like, I will make it my mission. So some tips for balancing work um, and prep. So basically, I get up in the morning, you know, all of my – Food is planned for the day, I do flexible dieting, I track things in my fitness file, so from the night before, I'll put in my macros, I know exactly what I'm eating and what meals I'm bringing. I get up and I go to the gym, I get my training done, I'll do um, some cardio if I have to, and then I go to work, I have all my food with me, I have all my supplements with me, I have anything that I need with me because I don't know how busy the day is going to be. Uh, not always I'm done at 5, 6 o'clock. Sometimes you're not done till you're done, you know. And on call, um, you can be there very, very late. I've definitely had nights where I stayed at the hospital till like 11 o'clock at night for five days in a row. Um, when you're on call, you can be paged to come in at 3 in the morning, which also frequently happened to me. I'm kind of a black cloud for that. Or you can just, you know, get multiple pages throughout the night. Um, So you just make it work. You just have to be prepared. And when I come home, if I have to finish cardio, I do my cardio. It's a non-negotiable. I come home, I change, I get it done. And if I have to do posing, I'll do my posing, and then that's it. Then I can go shower, lay down, and study which is another important thing because I am training on the job. So even though you know I'm a doctor and I'm getting paid, I'm still a resident. I'm not getting paid the full position salary because I'm still a trainee. So I have to make sure to study all the time. So I have to find that window. For me, the best is at night after everything else is done where I can sit down and study whatever I need to for an hour. Um, and some, also some other tips. I just make it work. Um, I remember one night I was on call and, you know, I was sitting there and waiting for a specimen to come from the operating room and they're like, all right, it's gonna be like another hour and it's like already 8pm, I'm like, oh my god, I still have to do my cardio. By the time I get home, it's gonna be like 9, 30, 10, I'm gonna be dead. So I literally went in my scrubs, I had headphones, I think, but I literally went and ran the hospital stairs the 45 minutes of cardio i had to do just in my scrubs all sweaty didn't care and it was really funny and cute because uh, a nurse came out from like labor and delivery unit and she saw me running she's like oh my god can i run with you can i join you i was like yeah sure let's go (laughs) so she kept on running with me for like 20 minutes until i get i got paged you know and i had to go pick up the specimen and i walk into the or all sweaty but you know nobody cares um So you just get it done. I've definitely brought my posing heels into the residence room before. We're all kind of like 10 of us sit in the same room. And most of my co-residents are my friends as well. And everybody knows, you know, I'm a bodybuilder and I compete. So I just like put on my heels and pose in the corner. And nobody bats an eye. They're all very used to it. So you just got to do what you got to do. But um, staying organized prioritizing what you need to get done first. If you have to write it out and put it on a list form so you know exactly what you're doing, schedule things in, then do so. I'm a huge fan of lists. I have a lot of to-do lists. I add everything to my calendar um, and it's very satisfying to check that off once you're finished with it. And I guess the most important part that I always say uh, is you can't fake passion. And I'm passionate about both. I'm passionate about medicine and the field that I'm in, which is pathology, and I'm also passionate about competing, so I make it work, and I strongly believe that there is a will, there is a way. If you really, truly, badly want something, if you work hard for it, you will get it done. Like There is no other option. There is no other outcome. You will get it done, and you will be successful.
0: That's really good advice. <laughs> You're incredible. Yeah. yeah, we're we're all very impressed. That's amazing.
3: That's yeah, amazing. I mean, I just from hearing you, it's like I've worked as a personal trainer. I've worked with clients that have our nurses or have. I don't think I've ever worked with like. Oh no, I think I've worked with some doctors or some researchers and. There's definitely some of them that are very like, go, 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 we'll get whatever. But I've also heard the excuses. I've heard, oh, I'm busy all day. I'm on my feet all day. I can't make time to eat there or I, I miss food all day. And I'm like, so hearing you like making it happen. I mean, that is just so motivating for me as a personal trainer, knowing that it's, it's all about that passion and, and getting people motivated yeah. and getting people to, to make it a priority. And that's the reality yeah. of it. When you want something, you. get
1: it. And I think I'm also very blessed um, that everybody at work is very supportive of me. Um, my, You know, everybody knows that I'm a bodybuilder. There was an, actually an article, a local article within the hospital uh, internet that came out about me in 2018. And the reporter went to my show in San Diego in 2018. It was the San Diego Fit Expo. And then I sent her some pictures, and she sent this article that went out hospital-wide, so um, My program directors were really proud of me Everybody's very supportive because I was a little this is kind of another subject Apprehensive about it here. I am this doctor supposed to be a quote-unquote Professional and I prance around on stage in the sparkly bikini and heels How are they gonna react to that? Are they gonna approve of that? Um, so that was something that I was afraid of, but luckily everybody's been nothing but supportive, and they're all very proud of me, and every time I work you know, with another doctor, they always ask me, oh, are you still training? How's prep going? You know, when are you competing next? So it's it's really nice, and my coworkers as well. I can't tell you how many times i like heated up very stinky meals in that microwave in the resident room, and they're like, oh my God, Kate is eating her shrimp again, or her shirataki noodles, but you know, they'll make fun of me and they stop because deep down inside, like I know they're just like picking on me deep down. They're very supportive and they're very proud of what I do.
0: That's wonderful. And I, I completely yeah. understand where you're coming from too. Um, I work in engineering and the company I'm at now, which is newer, they don't really know much about it cause I haven't prepped since I've worked there, but my company I was at for the past three years before that, Everyone knew what I was up to, but I was also very, at first, kind of timid to share the competition photos for a variety of Mm -hmm. reasons. I mean, yeah, number one, I want to be taken seriously, but also two, they didn't really officially know that I had had a breast augmentation, so I was nervous for them just to see the photos and and talk about the results with them, but they were nothing but supportive, which was really cool.
1: Oh my God, funny story about that. So I actually got my breast augmentation when I was a second year. Of residency and I only told my very close friends at work I didn't like go and announce it to the whole like 20 other residents but one of them saw me post it on Instagram because my Instagram I don't really post too many medicine things on there it's just very fitness. it's my personal fitness page I don't want to you know affiliate it with work I blogged the hospital like immediately a long time ago when they started following me so this guy saw my post and then he went and told everybody so i come back into work and like all the guys are like you know talking about it in the corner and discussing it and how big did she go and did she post pictures and things like that and i was just like wow wow Ew. wow, wow. What I, you come, do? I come back to that but um you know i own it everything that i've had done i'm very open i'm an open book i'm like yes i had a breast augmentation. Um, I don't, you know, that's my business, my body, I get lip fillers, I get Botox, I'm very open about it, I'm not ashamed of anything that I have done to me, I'm a big supporter of plastic surgery, if it's done correctly, because I know what those plastic surgeons go through, I know the vigorous training that they go through, and it's actually a work of art, in my opinion, so I absolutely have no shame in that.
0: We're we're fully supportive, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this year has been a pretty strange year for everyone, uh, especially with competing, with bodybuilding. There's so much uncertainty, shows getting canceled, shows getting pushed and pushed again or canceled or relocated. Um, For example, LA Championships, like we said, you and I did that show last year, normally held in Los Angeles, like it's named. But this year they had to move it to Vegas because the COVID-19 situation has, has gotten so bad here in California so what are what are you doing right now, Kate? When are you you competing next or what are you thinking if you don't have set plans? You, I mean you look great looking at your Instagram and we'll we'll put your Instagram in the episode description to you so people can find you. What are you doing right now in terms of prep or in, in terms of an off season?
1: Yeah, so thank you for your compliment. Um, and I am currently actively in prep. So I started prep for twenty twenty season back in February, mid-February, um, and then the whole COVID-19 situation happened, and I was still prepping. And then shows, especially national shows, started getting canceled and started getting postponed. First the Junior Nats, then the USA's. So at that point, um, my coach put me into a little bit of a reverse, actually quite a bit of a reverse, um, and. It was actually really great for me, too. And I was training at home, so it was kind of a deload on my body as well and focusing more on the mind-muscle connection and higher reps and things like that. And my body um, actually handled really well. I was able to maintain the same weight on the scale while increasing my calories by, like, 500 calories a day and barely doing any cardio. And then about, I don't even know how many weeks, maybe five, six weeks ago, we went back into the cut um, as things kind of started started dying down and, you know, there was a hope of shows resuming in the near future. So we went back into a cut. So I am currently in prep and I am cutting. Um, I honestly don't want to say anything or don't want to Announce like any shows or anything like that because every time I have done it this year, they keep on getting postponed or canceled. So now I'm like, I don't want to change anything. We We totally get that. Let's not, let's not. (laughs) I just want, I just know that I am prepping and whenever, whatever show I can jump into, I'll be ready. But again, we have to understand like things are very uncertain, say in California right now, or any of the regional shows going to happen in California. Or are we even going to be able to travel to other states of the country without sitting in quarantine for two weeks? I don't know, you know? So I'm just kind of letting it play out. It's like that meme, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, that's exactly how I feel right now. Jesus, take the wheel, and I'll just be ready.
0: <laughs> which uh, which show were you originally intending to do, Kate, when you were starting in February?
1: I was going to do... Um, Gosh, what is was the Chicago? spectrum show? I believe it was yeah. So I was okay. gonna do a warm up, which I believe was Golden State, um, in June, and then or, you know or the one in Vegas. But I was gonna do a warm up, um, and then I was gonna go for Junior Nats. Okay. Okay. And that's really a shame because I've never been to Chicago, and I was really excited to go. And everybody told me that June is a beautiful, you know, time to be there. Um. But unfortunately, Corona had other plans for
0: us. Yeah. yeah, I think you and I had talked about that at some point. Since I'm from fairly close to Chicago, so I think we at one point we were having a conversation about post-show cheat meals or something like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm very sad that I don't have to, you know, that I don't get to have my deep dish, which I've never
0: had. <laughs> it's good in it's my life. It. It's <laughs> worth. I, it. I really
1: wanted to try. It, it's worth like, the one wait. Day, I
0: <laughs> One day I'm
1: coming for it.
0: That and that in the Michigan Avenue shopping is worth the wait.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. I'll I'll put Chicago on my list then. Yeah.
0: So, since you are, you know, a resident and I know there's still a process for like you said to becoming a board certified physician and sort of a fully practicing physician and I may be butchering that terminology, in your opinion, I mean, what do you th- what do you think 2020 has in store for us? L.A., we've seen it become kind of a hot spot for COVID-19. Yeah. We've seen all these shows push out. And, and granted, we are kind of speculating a little bit here, but how do you see this playing out? You're, you're much closer to the situation than any of us are.
1: Yeah, so I personally think, and this is just my opinion, I think shows will and can, they can and will go on um, in the less affected states. So maybe you know not California, Texas, Arizona, Florida, but in other states. Um, but uh, as far as what to expect, uh, very well be you know expect to wear a mask on stage. We're seeing it at the muscle contest shows, and um, I went to the Spectrum show, the NorCal Pro, actually last weekend. And although they did not require competitors to wear a mask on stage. Everybody in the audience was required to wear a mask on stage at all times They checked your temperature when you got to the venue. So be prepared for that um, Also be prepared for social distancing and spectrum did a great job with that. They had all of their chairs separated by at least at least six feet so nobody was on top of each other and um, they would pause the show or just have the audience get out of the auditorium to clean like every two hours they would wipe down and clean everything so they're really on top of it and as well for competitors you know because you're backstage in this tiny area be expected for shows to take longer even if they're small shows because there are going to be less people compared on stage Um, there are going to be less people you know allowed at one point of space and one point in time and they are going to be cleaning more frequently so be prepared for that uh the spectrum show was quite small as far as the npc portion i think there was uh, about 25 FBB bikini pros but the npc portion was small and it still took five hours each Five hours for pre-judging and five hours for the night show, just because of the extra social distancing precautions, cleaning, and things like that. Um, so I'm not sure how the national shows will pan out, because normally those are a lot bigger than the regional shows, and I don't know if they're planning on doing just, you know one or two divisions a day or i actually really like what muscle contest did yesterday at their shows when they just combined the morning and the night show into one show Mm -hmm. especially when there's no audience and it's really nice for competitors because you just go on and boom you know you're done all the judging happens right there and you get your trophy and you can go eat and hang out and relax so maybe that would be a better option um for most of these shows but i think the shows will go on it will just you know be in certain areas certain states longer waiting times um, more precautions and hopefully we are able to travel to those shows being from california but i'm staying i'm choosing to stay positive i think it's so far it's working out from what i've seen
0: yeah, I think everything we've heard from you so far, your your mindset is I think something people should aspire to have. You seem very just I already know you, you know, I've known you as a friend, but yeah, I mean just your positivity and your persistence with everything you're doing, I think is something that people should look yeah. up to. Just
1: think positively. That's what I always try to do. I'm the type of person I will find a silver lining in any crappy situation that's given to me or thrown at me. Even when my grandpa passed away a couple of months ago, unexpectedly, and that was like a huge shock to me and my family. And I'm just, you know, obviously I grieve, but then I'm like, God damn, I am so grateful and blessed to have had this man in my lifetime and spend time with him. Like, I'm so blessed for that. I'm so grateful. So... You just have to find the positives. I know it can be challenging, but living negatively is no way to live your life. And take it from somebody who sees a lot of death. Life is so short. Like, it is so short. You can literally be dead tomorrow. So just stay positive, stay consistent, keep working towards your goals because you never know when it's gonna be over. So, just live your life, don't care about other people's opinions that are invaluable to you, just keep going, surround yourself with people who get you, who support you, who are positive energy, um, and that, I believe, that will get you places. That's what I do, and shows. working out.
0: It shows, it shows, yeah. Yeah, you're a rock star girl.
1: Thank you. I try my best, you know. I, I honestly people as think I'm a rock star or a unicorn. I look at women who are married with three kids, full time jobs, and they're competitors and successful competitors, and I'm like, Oh my god, like those are the women I admire. That's the woman I want to be. Like they are amazing. They're literally doing everything and just handling it like a boss. Mm-hmm. So I I just have myself to worry about
0: you know, they have their whole family. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. true. Yeah, I think I think what I agree with what Michelle said earlier that I think competing it attracts like-minded people and I think in women, the all the girls and women I've met competing are so hardworking, so motivated, so on top of their shit, and just amazing with time management and the amount of things that they're juggling, whether they have, kids in a family or not. It's just, I'm always so impressed with the things that my friends who are competing or just my friends in general, exactly. but especially my competitor friends, I'm so impressed with the stuff they do.
1: Yeah. I am motivated by people every single day. Like if I don't feel like posing and I see somebody like posting their posing video, I'm like, all right, I'm putting my heels on. Like, <laughs> you know, so I love being surrounded by that energy. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, so one of the other things we wanted to talk to you about are just in general, since you are a medical professional, we can pick your brain a little bit. What are some things about COVID-19, maybe misconceptions or just general information you think people should be aware of or or competitors?
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest misconception about COVID, especially with younger people in their you know 20s to 40s or like 20s and 30s is oh i'm young i'm healthy and fit you know even if i get it it's gonna be fine like whatever i don't care but i can tell you and we're obviously still learning a whole lot about the disease covid is not like something we've seen before yes a lot of the findings that we're seeing is the same, like viral illness, but this disease, for some reason we don't yet understand, can affect perfectly healthy and young fit individuals. For instance, I've seen patients in the ICU who they're like in their late 30s and 40s and they're completely healthy and active, there's nothing wrong with them, they don't have any predisposing conditions, and they're laying there on the ventilator. And another thing, it seems to be a very vascular disease. So disease that tends to affect your blood vessels, unlike most other viruses, because what we're seeing is a lot of blood clots all over the body. And we haven't quite figured out, we know the receptors that it attaches to and all that stuff, but we haven't quite figured out what is it about these people who are younger, you know, it's kind of understandable for somebody uh, who is older, like 70, 80, and they have cancer or they have other predisposing condition like obesity and diabetes, and they get COVID and it's kind of exacerbated, right? And they get really, really sick. But for these young people, why are these people getting so sick? Why are they on a ventilator? They were completely healthy. Why are they full of blood clots everywhere? So you don't want to be that one percent right although that percentage is very very small and you think like oh i'm fine even if i get COVID, i'll recover and i personally had three of my friends within the past month and a half get covid 19 and they've all experienced either like mild flu symptoms um so like fever just muscle aches not feeling well low energy headache one of my friends, he didn't even have a fever. He just thought he had really bad allergies. He had a little bit of a sinus headache and he tested positive. So it can affect everybody very, very differently, but you definitely do not want to be that one person who gets super, super ill, you know, and ends up very sick or even worse, passing away. So just do your part, wear your mask. Physically distance yourself, especially from people you don't know. Um, wash and sanitize your hands frequently. I have hand sanitizers galore, like in every single bag and purse and in my car, like everywhere. I have so much hand sanitizer. <laughs> wash, you know, wash your phone, clean your phone when you get home, clean like your water bottle or anything that touches any external surface. Because just be careful. Think about it. Yeah, you have a better risk of getting in a car accident and dying, right? But we take certain precautions to avoid that. We wear our seatbelt. We don't drive like a race car driver. We don't text and drive at the same time. So kind of think about it the same and take the necessary precautions to try and minimize your risk of disease or you passing the disease to somebody who appears healthy but can get really, really sick.
0: I think that's great advice, because yeah. a lot of competitors too, you know, many of them, yeah. are, many of them are young in their twenties and thirties. There's definitely competitors that are forties and above, but yes. for the most part, competitors, whether we're in on and off season, live a pretty healthy lifestyle and are probably more likely to think, "Oh, I'm fine. I'm fit. I'm healthy. This isn't going to affect me the way it's affecting other people." I'm hearing about.
1: Yeah, but think about when you're lean, especially stage lean. To be honest, and this is my opinion, you're not that healthy, especially women. We do very, very low-fat diets, your hormones are out of whack, you know, you tend to get more sick when you're super lean, you're working so hard, your energy is down, your body is just like trying to preserve itself, right? So, you're actually, you're kind of immunocompromised in that state, so you have to be very, very careful. That's why, actually, I chose not to go to the beach yesterday, because I'm on PrEP, I'm getting pretty lean. I mean, I feel good, I feel fine, I feel healthy, but why do I need to expose myself to 5,000 people on the beach not wearing any masks? I don't know where they have been. Like, people are very selfish. They can be sick and just go to the beach and not tell anybody or just think it's something else. So... (laughs) don't trust anybody especially strangers but yeah especially if you are prepping and lean I would take your health even more seriously now
0: yeah that's a good point which which beach do you go to Kate
1: um I like to get out of LA if I'm here in LA I'll go to I think it's called Mother's Beach it's the one that's between Venice and Playa Um, although I do like Playa very much as well but um, yeah I try to get out Probably if I can maybe go down to the OC or up to like Malibu to Zuma Beach yeah. but most of the time honestly I'm just on my rooftop because there is nobody I am blessed to have a rooftop where I can lay out there's nobody out there you know no people so I'm just have the space to myself and I'm still getting my sunshine yeah and I, I feel like I God. always
0: I always see your Instagram stories where you're laying out on your roof
1: yeah me too (laughs) vitamin d is extremely important guys for your immune system as well so if you're not getting enough sun i strongly recommend you take a supplement in the winter time and definitely take a supplement of vitamin d
0: how much how much should people be taking uh
1: you know that's a good question and i honestly don't know the current guidelines uh so i'm not gonna bs you yeah because i'm not you know I have, yeah. My field is pathology, so it's the diagnosis of disease, not yeah. really yeah. prescribing medications.
0: Yeah, but vitamin sure D, I think, easily, is one of those, you know, right, where they keep, they keep upping the recommended dose. I'm definitely, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but I feel like every few years they've realized we actually need more of it than they thought.
3: Yeah, and this year they'll say even more because of how many people have been inside. There, it's going to be definitely a big... That's what I'm looking for. Actually, a third let's see. Uh,
1: from the Mayo Clinic. So this is the doctor in me. Every time I don't know something, I immediately look it up. <laughs> I can't let it go. Uh, this is just what I'm trained to do. I'm programmed to do this. So um, the Mayo Clinic, which is a reputable source, says that the recommended daily amount of vitamin D is 400 international units. So that's for children. Let's see. For, for 1 to 70 years, or adult is 600 international units.
0: Oh, wow. That seems really low.
1: Yeah.
0: I swear
2: Doesn't I'm doing like,
1: like 5,000 it,
0: right now. Yeah, I and thought it was more. I thought like 2,000 was two thousand. I thought it was at least like over 1,000 IU. Yeah. But maybe, maybe we'll do some homework and we can post it in the episode description as a <laughs> note.
2: <laughs> yeah, Kate, I'm excited yeah. just
0: to follow
2: your journey and continue to see you compete. I am very hopeful for you that you will compete this year on regional stage and hopefully nationals whatever that looks like and the fact that you have the personality and mindset to be flexible and kind of go with the flow and appreciate being able to go on stage is what's going to bring you to the top so i'm so excited and very hopeful for you and can't wait to cheer you on whether it's right next to the stage because they're allowing the audience or away you definitely have all of our support and cheering you on maybe you'll be mm -hmm. up against not against but up next to laura (laughs) it would be nice to get one two baby
1: yes
2: (laughs) especially when we're pros because that's happening oh my gosh then we all three that would be amazing
1: one thing i know for sure right and this goes back to my willpower and mindset like i don't care how long it takes me i don't care how many times i have to fail or go onto the national stage. Like there is no doubt in my mind that I have BB Bikini Pro title will be after my name. Like I 100% completely know that.
2: Hell yeah! And, and you, I'm, you visualize things. So you visualize your goals, yes. and then you set out and you destroy them and make it yeah. happen. So I relate very well to that and
1: and the same with you girls Kaylee you're looking absolutely fantastic I cannot wait to see you get on the pro stage again you oh. killed it at your last show and I know that you're only gonna get better and better and get that old qualification and Laura I know your mindset I have no doubt that you will achieve your goal too that you know we will be together up there on that pro stage I know you will get it done regardless of the circumstances or how long it takes And Michelle I'm very excited for your first prep Um, that's so exciting and you have an amazing coach in your corner I saw you guys practicing posing and I know Laura is coaching you with your diet and things like that so just enjoy it enjoy the process don't rush into it don't stress out it's just it's all fun right it's all fun that's what it should be don't let it stress you out too much (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, awesome. I think I think that's all we have for you, Kate. this was this was so amazing. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. We were so happy to have you. and I think there are so many just personal and mindset tips people can take away from this episode, just listening to you.
1: Ah, oh, thank you. Well, I'm very happy to share and hopefully inspire and motivate others to pursue their dreams and never give up. hell, yeah.
0: is it for this week's episode of bikini things thank you guys so much for listening don't forget to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts check us out on instagram at bikini underscore things and we will catch you in the next episode